In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. These words again from Revelation. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. These are they who have come out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him night and day in his temple. Never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The Lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And God will wipe away all tears from their eyes. What a glorious vision of heaven the writer of Revelation gives us here. A great multitude that no one could count, standing before the Lamb, wearing white robes, holding palm branches in their hands. The writer here speaks about simple men and women like you and I who in their earthly life sought to be like Christ. Perhaps they were slaves or school teachers, plumbers or salespeople, mothers, fathers, farmers, seminary profs, pastors, all of whom, because they were witnesses of Christ's resurrection, followed their Lord in thought, in word, in deed. And what is their reward? Anything we might say to try to answer that question, to describe the heavenly life, will fail miserably. But the writer of Revelation does his best, and the result is a beautiful picture and language which comes simply to this. Now at last, those saints of God who have gone before us are able to serve God day and night in his temple, their tears of frustration their weariness of body and mind, their hurts, their pain, their illnesses, their suffering, all these earthly problems are gone. The Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. That's what we're celebrating on this All Saints Day as we remember those who have gone before us. That is also our future is it not? And if that's our future, it is also our present. For God's grace alive in us in the future is in process already now. That's right. As saints of God, the future is no longer closed for us, but open. The God in whom we trust destroys the enemy who slams the door of death against us. Death no longer can control who we are or how we live. That's why All Saints Day must also be the time we celebrate the life and the hope that we as saints on earth are living now. Yes, celebrate the Christ who is at work in us as we live out our daily lives. And yet death still has a way of putting its hook in us even as we celebrate life, does it not? Death, yes, death, has a way of rearing its ugly head, 
almost everywhere we turn, in accidents, war, in terminal illnesses, you name it. That's why I submit to you this morning that we need to celebrate one another's lives before we die instead of waiting till after that separation takes place. Yes, maybe even instead of holding wakes or funeral visitations after our loved ones die, maybe we need to do this beforehand. I recall this happening with an acquaintance of mine. It was really rather amusing. His friends actually held a wake for him while he was alive. Knowing that he had a good sense of humor and also that one of his best friends was a funeral director, his family and close friends then sort of set up a mock wake for him. They had his funeral director friend pick him up in a hearse with the ruse that they were going on an errand that had to do with the funeral business. But as the plans had it, the ride in the hearse took him by all of the homes of his friends, who, unbeknown to him, joined in the procession until ultimately they ended up at another friend's home. There a room had been set up for the mock wake, and then his friends shared what he meant to them. All of this was followed by a dinner. Even though this was done in fun, Again, I say, what a wonderful idea. After all, what good does it do for a dead person to have people come and say nice things about him or her to relatives and friends without being able to hear those words? Isn't that the way God acts with us? He throws parties for us while we're still alive. He does this, in fact, each time we're here in worship. Each time he gives us his body and blood in the sacrament. You might even say that in the sacrament, our God is actually having a wake or a party for death. Yes, death itself, a time in which he swallows up death. Yes, chews it up and spits it out, a time that he announces death's funeral. Yes, in his body and blood, our crucified and risen Lord makes sure that death and the fear of it has no power over us. At that altar, yes, at that altar, he invites us to a party with him that lasts forever. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, life is very good. I cannot thank God enough for his goodness to me in both good times and in bad. And when I think about how good life is now, I can't help but salivate at the invitation to God's final party in heaven. Again, what I would like to call death's final wake. There in heaven, I hope to sit at God's table with all those who have gone before me and with those who will come after me and bite into the greatest banquet ever prepared. Yes, taste and see that God is good. And that's the vision, again, I want to share with you on this All Saints Day. That's our future, the heaven where God is not just something but everything, where he lives with us and we with him, where every tear is dried, where death shall be no more, and where the glory of the Lord shining like a precious jewel shall fill the heavenly city. That's our future. Yes, that's our future, the day beyond which we will receive our last social security check 
the day beyond the possibility of a heart attack or cancer or some other life's dread possibility. That's our future. That's our future, for you and I believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. So while those we leave behind us will cash in our insurance policies, liquidate our assets and homes, divide our furniture or distribute it to the antique shops, or hold a public auction, or, to mention the unmentionable, have it hauled to the garbage dump, we who cannot take any of that with us will have joined those saints of God who serve the Lord this side of heaven. And what happens here, yes, what happens here will no longer matter. For in joy and in gladness, our reward will then be in heaven. And the time between death and heaven, it's only a short time. But let's get on with death's wake. Death's power over, over us is over. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.